right now. Obviously, I'm friends with all, everybody around here. So one of the security people, you give them a badge, right? And they're big, oh, yeah. big shot. How about that? Guy was bragging to me one night. He's like, I denied John Cornish getting into Ryderville. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Who cares if he wants to cut the line? Let him in. What the hell? I'm still mad about that eight years later. Like, what are, what are you doing? This is the Rod Peterson Show. <clears throat> it absolutely is. Happy uh, Football Friday, everybody. Flame Tech Football Friday. See people writing in, and they're all excited about that. I get it. I'm just tweeting the links. So, hey, I can you say that again? Hello? There you go. I couldn't hear you. I think it was a me thing, not okay. a you thing. All right. Uh, are you ready for the weekend, Moose? I am. I feel overdressed today. I feel like a complete idiot. You usually idiot. take every opportunity to. I didn't look at the forecast today, and I came in here, and Moose is wearing shorts, as you can see. Yeah. And I said, uh, what the, what's wrong with you? And you said, didn't you look? It's 15 degrees Celsius today. I'm like, don't! And I got these Under Armour thermal <laughs> <laughs> sweats on, so I can't wait to get them off and uh, enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Get that thing ready, by the way. I got a, a good one here I'll, when I cue you guys. Uh, coming up on the program today, Tory Gurley. Isn't it something that uh, the biggest news in the National Football League pertains to who, his two former teams, Packers and Browns? And we're going to talk with Tory about what's going on in those markets. And uh, Justin Dunk from 3downnation.com right here in the bunker to preview a big week 14 in the CFL. But can we hit the um, quick six show horn, please, uh, Director Gordon? <laughs> I'm going to try to get to your comments here as much as I can here in the warm-up for Ecold Electric, but we got a long ways to go and a short time to get there, and it's not just football in the quick six. So let's look at what happened in the National Hockey League last night. Jordan Eberle, our good and longtime friend, scored thrice in a 9:41 span in the second and third periods for the first hat trick in Seattle Kraken franchise history. And the expansion club beat the Buffalo Sabres 5-2. Eberle had his fourth career hattie to help Seattle snap a two-game slide. Brock Nelson scored a career-high four goals to help the New York uh, Islanders beat Montreal 6-2. Canadian starter Jake Allen allowed five goals on 25 shots. <sighs> Got the heave-ho, was booed at the Centre Bell. Samuel Montembeau stopped all 10 shots he faced in relief. Uh, Patrice Bergeron scored his first four goals of the season. Brad Marchand had four helpers, and Boston beat Detroit 5-1. Let me back up. Did you see Craig Button calling for the job of Mark Bergevin on SportsCenter? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, Butts. Good for you, man. A lot of guys don't have the stones to do that in today's uh, media. And Craig Button was all over the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I'm like, they were just in the Stanley Cup last year. They don't care in Montreal. They don't care. You understand that, right? They don't care. What have you done for me lately? I know. And that's the case. We have Flame or uh, Flames, Habs fans that watch this show daily. Yeah. And they say, fire Bergevin. And then he gets them into the playoffs. Well, give him a new contract. Give him a new contract. Then he loses a couple games. Fire Bergevin. Then he takes them to the Stanley Cup. Give him a new contract. So, you know what? It's, it's a hot market, hostile environment. That's the nature of the game. It's Montreal. I just. Maybe that would have been a good poll question today. Should Mark Bergevin have a can tied to him? Because I don't think it's quite time yet, but they might not agree in Montreal. 
A2, Lusterainen scored 155 into overtime, and Florida beat Washington 5-4 for its best 10-game start in franchise history. Now 9-0-1, Florida's Alexander Barkov scored two goals, raising his career total to 188, tying Ole Jokinen for the most in franchise history. Remember the name Sasha Barkov. It's probably going to come up. Again, later here in the next while. We, Willie Nylander, scored in a power play at 343 of overtime to lift Toronto past Tampa Bay 2-1. I would suggest... I like it. Mm-hmm. I would suggest my Golden Knights have returned. Jonathan Marchessault scored twice in Vegas, beat Ottawa 5-1 at the Canadian Tire Center. Matthias Janmark, Brett Howden, and Alex Petrangelo also scored for Vegas. Robin Leonard made 38 saves. And uh, for Ottawa, Brady Kachuk scored and then was named team captain here this morning. Christopher Letang stuffed a wraparound. Pass caught a hot 157 into overtime. Pittsburgh beat Philly 3-2. Jamie Benn scored a 259 of overtime in the Dallas Stars 4-3 win over Calgary. And this is uh, the one. Brandon Saad scored twice in his second game back from the COVID-19 list. And the Blues used a three-goal second period to beat the San Jose Sharks 5-3. Pavel Bushnevich and James Neal also scored. Robert Thomas sealed it with an empty netter for the Blues. That scoring outburst helped Joel Hofer get the win in his NHL debut with 23 saves. The former Swift Current Bronco. Hofer also got an assist on the empty netter. How about that? We were just, oh, we were just sitting yeah. at lunch with an NHL scout and talking about Joel Hofer. We just brought him up, and where is he going to go? And then all of a sudden he gets a start, he gets a win. That's, we didn't bring him up on the show, but that's almost... The RP bump, which we haven't talked about in a long time. <laughs> Nobody's that? had it for a while. That was, that was the RP bump. We talked about him over lunch, and all of a sudden he's got the win. So congratulations, Joel. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's what went on in the NHL last night. Um, moving on to point two. We're all out of order here on the points, but that's fine. Um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie tonight against the visiting BC Lions. BC is on a six-game losing streak. Elsewhere in the CFL tonight, the struggling Edmonton Elks have one more chance to get a win at home this season with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in town. The Riders have a postseason berth already locked down in the West Division. So just hold on to your bingo cards. The entire second segment today is going to be dedicated to this weekend CFL games and the doubleheader tonight. So I'm moving on to point three, which is Thursday night football. Carson Wentz threw three touchdown passes and Jonathan Taylor rushed for 172 yards and two scores to carry the Indianapolis Colts to a 45-30 victory over the New York Jets on Thursday night football. This is where it gets interesting. Jets backup quarterback Josh Johnson threw for a career-high 317 yards and a career-best three touchdowns in the final 18 minutes. He came into the game when Mike White injured his right forearm in the opening quarter. He was the star of the weekend's game when they beat the Bengals, Mike White. He was the biggest thing in New York this week. And then he gets hurt. So coming out of the game, the Colts improved to 4-5. and five. The Jets dropped to 2-7. and seven. And to be honest, the Colts were running away with it early. Josh Johnson comes into the game and makes it a game. That was what I was watching last night because for whatever reason, I couldn't get my NHL feed to work. Hey. Had to watch Florida, America's team, the Panthers. But anyways, the question is, and I've tweeted it. I have not looked up the results yet because I, I can't quite get to it right now. But they're saying that there's a curse on the New York Jets. And somebody, I know there's a lot of Jets fans that watch, Colin in Ottawa, Ryan in New York. 
What what's the origin of this curse on the New York Jets? I'm not familiar with it. I'm familiar with the Babe Ruth curse on the Red Sox, which of course is now over. Um, I I have some time to be convinced whether there is or there isn't, because I whether they I say there's no such thing as luck. The harder you work, the luckier you get. I fully believe that. Oh, he's just lucky. And eh, no, he's been working his bag off for 30 years actually, while you've been watching him. So yeah, he's not that lucky. Yet. Are you spiritual and do you believe there's a plan? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, a little column A, little column Right. B. So I don't know. I don't know. I could be, because con- I believe in football gods and hockey gods. I've seen them at play. So I don't know. Do you believe in curses? Do you, have you put it up yet on, uh, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center? Do we have a body of work yet, a sample size? say no, they don't believe in sports curses. I feel like I want to put that to our guest today. Do you? I could go either way. When it comes to the New York Jets being cursed or not cursed, and where does this go and where did it start? I firmly believe this started with the butt fumble. Mark Mm -hmm. Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. Um, They were a team on the rise. Rex Ryan, Sanchez, they had some good players. They had made a couple of conference finals. They had had some moderate success against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in New England. I mean, you were in that meat grinder of a division. Well, I mean, the whole division wasn't, but having that team and dynasty in it, the butt fumble. Much like with the Cowboys, it was Romo, right, bobbling that Mm. football. Um, I think that's where the Jets curse starts. Do I believe in sports curses? Something's at play. In some of these markets, there's something going on. The gods in these sports, the hockey gods, the football gods, they're going to make sure, they're going to correct things. They're going to make sure that you earn it, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm probably leaning towards yes. I'm starting to think I am too, and I love the reaction from the Rod Squad. Bring it from the viewers. I keep seeing 10-10 every day. And night. It's unbelievable. I see. If you believe in numerology, I, now would be the time to talk about it. <laughs> I see 1010, and I just think of those. 1010, 220. You know, dial the number. Yes. I don't remember what it was for. Uh, but. Jeff, the Stamps fan. Yep. He believes in it. Uh, from Jeff Kibbelos in Winnipeg, as a bomber fan, yes. Curses exist. From Sandusky, watching in Ohio. Says Cleveland Browns are cursed. So far, it's like a hundred percent. I know. Yeah, I'm okay. I get it. And by the way, you say it started with a butt fumble. I'd like to think it was that was just a continuation of a curse with the New York Jets. It was like, did Joe Namath leave the locker room and put put a hex on it? You know, when he was done, because yeah. that was the last time they were good, man. And that was the seventies. Somebody did something in the organization, could be upper management, could be somebody in the training staff, could be a player that we don't really know about, and the universe isn't ready to forgive them for it. Mm -hmm. Something happened to put the curse on this team, and enough good hasn't happened yet to uh, make them want to get off the hook. From Tacona Pally in Winnipeg, Rod, uh, are you familiar with the Winnipeg Jets curse? Dates back to 1974. When Winnipeg won a court decision between the WHA and NHL, allowing NHL players to flock to the WHA, a.k.a. Gordie Howe. Is that why we're saying the Jets have never won a Stanley Cup? 
I'm here for the argument. I, I didn't know what the origin was, but it's very clear the Jets have had something working against them for the last 40 years, 50 years. So Brian Gregory who writes in on YouTube says, curses are not real. I don't know. I could go back and forth. Hot and I take. see, uh, yeah, hot take. Hey, you got you trying out some new stuff back there? I like it. People are saying awesome. a lot. Awesome. Okay, a lot of people writing in uh, that Jerome McGinley's cursed. I don't know. I think he's been pretty lucky in his life. He never did win a Stanley Cup. I get that, but everybody's going off about your bunny hug slash hoodie merce, uh, merce. moose. So do you want to tell them about that? They can, they can still order it? I believe so. If there's stock available, I haven't checked the stock with our, uh, our shipping group yet, but uh, uh, rodpetersonshop.com, you can buy one. Uh, Joe Craig Jr. was in that battle, and if you haven't seen it, go back, look at the interview, just Google it on YouTube, um, and this is what he said. He was running. He wanted everybody to run for him, run a lap. And it was a lap for these four things that he believed in, faith, love, positivity, and strength. So we uh, sent some money that way, and uh, it was really good. So the shirts are still available. Show your left sleeve to, the, this is to the, the world. Uh, the show logo's on there. We're nice going to uh, – a uh, couple things. John from the 519 texting in on the text line. John Ferguson here from London, Ontario, watching on Rogers Game Plus. When you come to do a show here in London to cover the London Knights, our beautiful city, Richmond, Row and the Hunters, I am undefeated at bubble hockey. I will bet you a steak dinner on the results at Toboggan Restaurant here in London. Write it down. Whoa. And you go. better not be writing checks with your mouth that your hands can't cash out there, Mr. Ferguson, because you've never seen me play bubble hockey before either. Who are the teams, by the way? Canada, USA, Canada, Russia. Bubble hockey's the one where the defense one have the long sticks. That's right. To get into the corner. I know how to sweep that, in the corner. Right. Sweep in the corner, right? I have many an hour playing that. I'll get to more of your comments in a moment. I'm running. Do you believe in curses? Point five, Jack Eichel leftovers. I don't know if you saw. The coach of the Golden Knights last night, Peter DeBoer, after the game, addressing... Now, they just won 5-1, but he was literally smiling like a butcher's dog when asked about the trade. He's just so happy. The top line for Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel, Max Pumpkin, Pacioretty, and Mark Stone. Ooh. <laughs> so, listen, there's not a line like it in the NHL. There isn't. So, here's the thing. Kelly McCrimmon rolled the dice that Jack Eichel's going to come back 100%. And here's the thing. With people that roll the dice, you either win big or you lose big. But not playing at all gets you middling, boring results. And that's why I love the Vegas Golden Knights. They are my team. Now, I was considering gravitating towards the Florida Panthers because of late, they've been far nicer to me than any other NHL team. But now with all these people realizing that the Knights are my team, I can't go away from it. Right. Not immediately anyways, because they're still not signing my checks. Uh, and that just rolled over into point six. We're summing this up quite tidily, Moose. You know, Eichel was a captain. He's not anymore. I see Matthew Kachuk running around beaking the refs last, last night in the Flame Stars game, and I'm thinking that's why he's not the captain. You can't have a guy 
that emotionally charged, and believe me, I've been that my whole life. I, get, I see it from a mile away. He can't be the captain yelling at the refs like he was. He was doing it all night last night. At some point, the, the captain's going to have to go speak to the referees in a sticky situation and try and get them to side with your team. If they hate you, if you've been yelling at them all night, or if you have a reputation, you, he can't be the captain. Matthew Kachuk cannot. So I said to Moose in our morning meeting here, who's the best captain in the NHL? A couple names immediately came to mind. And uh, I settled on Sasha Barkov of <clears throat> America's team, the Florida Panthers, the best captain. You just don't see them enough, guys. They're 9-0-1, and gals, they're 9-0-1. He's my best captain. I had another name. We changed. Who's your best captain? Who's the captain of the Leafs? Yeah. Who I is it? What's that? Who's the captain of the Leafs? Tavares. John Johnny Tavares. T. Okay, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good captain. Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty good captain. I like him. Um, Shea Weber, I thought, was a good captain. He was in Montreal, right? Yeah, but the, not there anymore. He had the C in Montreal, didn't he? And in Nashville. Um, it's a really, really good question. Who's I, the best captain in the NHL, y'all? I don't think I have an answer right now in this moment. Give me the break. Clark has just said, Sidney Crosby. Bingo! <laughs> You teed me up on that one, didn't you? Crosby would be good. Sidney Crosby. He's probably, Crosby's probably the Who's best. Who's the best captain? That's a... Connor McJesus? Is Bergeron wearing it in Boston now? Yes. So I... That's probably where I go. Bergeron Crosby. The warm-up is for E. Cold Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. Again, the warm-up for E. Cold Electric. We're just getting into it. Uh, on the way, Tory Gurley and Justin Dunk will talk about tonight's CFL games, too. It is a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech, locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. We'll be back in a moment on Game Plus Television, YouTube, and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.